Hey y'all, welcome back to episode number 20 of In Killing Color. Now today, we're going to get back to our serial killer bag and talk about another serial killer and his name is Lonnie Franklin and he is known as the Grim Sleeper. Have you ever heard about him? A lot of people have, I think, but not really. But by the end of this episode, I'm sure you will know exactly who he is. Let's get to it. These are their stories. Now, all of Lonnie's victims were young, defenseless black women from South Los Angeles who battled drug addiction. Now, to a lot of serial killers, the downtrodden is usually their way to go because they feel like people won't miss them. I mean, I I guess that makes sense in the mind of a serial killer, but who knows? All of their bodies, whether they were fully or partially dressed, were dumped in the unkempt neighborhood alleyways and they were allowed to decompose behind trash cans and other detritus. Now, what does detritus mean? I'm going to tell you real quick. It means waste or debris of any kind. Streets filled with rubble and detritus. Waste, matter, and debris. It's a good word for our vocabulary for today. Now, they were either strangled shot at close range with a 25 caliber pistol or both or he was doing both he was listen you're gonna get alive unalived one way or another maybe both ways the victims were between the ages of 15 and 35 all of them really i'm sure had goals and plans for their life they were either moms sisters or daughters yet Lonnie David Franklin ruthlessly took all of their lives because he wanted to just because he felt like it now he had murdered women throughout this whole time and he escaped justice repeatedly in the 1980s however he was scared into a 14-year hiatus from murder when one of his victims actually survived one of his attacks. Or at least that's what the officials thought at first. Now, if you remember what I just said, that's where they got the grim sleeper from. Because in the serial killer world, usually Serial killers will kill for a little bit and then they'll go on a hiatus because they don't want to get caught. So they'll chill for a little while, whether it's two days, two months, two years, six months, whatever. He took a 14 year hiatus. So at that point, he probably could have just got away with it because he was done for 14 years. He unalived multiple people and just was like, I'm going to stop because homegirl got away. You never know. But not Lonnie. He said, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Now, when the LAPD first learned of the alleged serial killer who was playing on black women, as usual, they did not believe them. They did not believe anybody because, Lord forbid, there's a black man out here 
unaliving people at an alarming rate. And it just so happened that these people were heavy drug users and prostitutes in the middle of the 80s. So that was during a time where that was prevalent and that's what was going on there. So it was like, child, if, uh, hey, I don't know. So between 1983 and late 1985, there was another serial killer going on around the time and he was known as the Southside Slayer. So they actually thought he was the one who had stabbed and strangled at least 13 sex workers. And then by January of 1986, 15 homicides had been connected to that same case. So the whole time it's like, well, it's not, you know, it's somebody else. It's the Slayer. All right. Maybe Lonnie had that in his mind the whole time. Like, hey, I read somewhere somebody else unaliving people. So I might as well get in on it too, since that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> that's not right. I'm sorry, y'all. So the LAPD did have a task force called the Southside Slayer Task Force, and they were a joint LAPD Sheriff's County Department investigation and they got a ton of detectives and people and they were just helping try to figure out these things and they were being looked at well into 1986. However, a 25-year-old woman's murder in May of 2007. So we're fast forwarding for a while. So a murder in 2007 was connected to at least 11 of the unsolved killings in Los Angeles in which the earliest had happened in 85 using our brand new great technology DNA research. So I understand it's probably a little difficult back in the 80s to connect people to stuff because the DNA technology was not there. So thanks to DNA in 2007, they were able to get a little bit of something. So the L.A. officials announced that they were offering a $500,000 award to find the killer in the beginning of September of 2008. The official name that was given to the killer was the Grim Sleeper because, again, he killed for a little while and stopped for 14 years. And so that name was given to him in February of 2009 and it was given to them by L.A. Weekly magazine, of course. Additionally, a 911 call from the 80s was released by a man who saw a body being dumped somewhere by Franklin. Now, I don't know why that information took to 2009 to be released. But, you know, I don't work for the police. They, to be quite honest, they probably didn't give a shit because it was black women, prostitutes, drug users being killed. So, you know, they probably didn't care. So now... That call, he provided a thorough description and license plate number of a van linked to now to a church that is now defunct called the Cosmopolitan Church, which I'm not sure why that couldn't have taken place then, but never mind me. I'm just a lowly podcaster trying to bring light to these stories, you know? So, the lone survivor of Franklin's attacks, her name was Anitra Washington, excuse me, Anitra Washington. And she was the subject of a lengthy interview in March of 2009. Now, 
I just said she. My fault. I'm reading all over the place because I do have a script now. He was a young black male in his early 30s, according to what she said. She continued by stating that he was, he appeared very tidy, put together, a little bit geeky. He was dressed in khaki pants, on a black polo shirt. And then she went on to describe the inside and the outside of his car. So, of course, she had to have been there because she can see, she knew what the inside of Buddy's car looked like. Like, hey, why was this interview not given back when it happened? Like... Why did this not get happened when it happened? Why didn't it get happened when it happened? (laughs) Y'all know what I mean. So now most people are unaware that the Grim Sleeper's first crime was not actually murder. In actuality, his first crime appears to have set off and inspired his pattern of crimes. So Lonnie Franklin grew up in Los Angeles in the South Central area. At the time, Franklin was 21 he had enlisted in the army and was serving in Stuttgart, Gar- Germany, <laughs> Stuttgart, Germany, in April of 1974. However, he received little punishment from the military. Now, that's a another um, disturbing fact because I remember when I talked about Paul Drusso, who was the cab killer in Louisiana. He was also in Stuttgart and he also unalived somebody over there and there was really no actual consequences to what he did. So let me find out the military in Stuttgart specifically is a breeding ground for serial killers. (laughs) So Franklin and two other U.S. Army personnel abducted abducted a 17 year old woman on april 17th of 1974 as she was making her way to the train station around 2 30 a.m they went up to her asked her did she need some help whatever and then they decided hey we can give you a ride home so i'm sure at that time she was pretty innocent she was a 17 year old girl she was like sure i'll take the ride but as soon as they got she got in the car the man grabbed her throat and put a knife to it Now, she was taken after that to a remote place by Lonnie Franklin and two other unnamed men. Each of those men forcefully assaulted her and one of them even took pictures of the attack. Are you noticing the pattern here? So you get a young girl, put her in the car, (sighs) assault her and then take pictures. What are you taking pictures for? What are you taking pictures for? What are you... You want to see what you did later so you can talk to your friends about it and be a huge dick, I guess. So she was then driven home by the men, but not before she pretended to be interested in them and requested one of their phone numbers. And of course, like a dummy, Lonnie Franklin was like, yeah, you can have my number, girl. Yeah, you can call me. After you forcefully assaulted her, you think she want to call you and kick it with you afterwards? It's giving dummy of the century, okay? <laughs> so, of course, homegirl went to the police and reported it. And she was able to get her into getting, excuse me, she was able to trick Lonnie into going to the train station 
that was in the same direction as the police. Now, when she indicated that Franklin had arrived, the police like concealed themselves and they were able to arrest him immediately. Franklin was then tried and convicted of sexual assault and kidnapping. Now, despite receiving a 40 month prison term, he was only sentenced to a little bit over one year. (laughs) One year. However, he received a general release from the army on July 24th of 1975. So not dishonorable. He just, hey, we just going to go ahead and let you go. Okay. Um, go ahead and close your computer and uh, you got to get out of here. We're done with you. <laughs> now, in 2010, LAPD homicide detective Darren Dupree expressed his opinion that Franklin's rape of this German girl served as inspiration for his following crimes and his accompanying practice of taking pictures of his victims. Yes, Lonnie Franklin took photos of what he was doing. (laughs) That's one thing I will never understand in the crime world is I know like a trait of some serial killers and murderers is let's take pictures as like they see them as like trophies and they try to put them away but it's like are you just gonna keep going back and looking at them like what's what are you doing are you gonna show them to somebody and be like hey dog look what I did (laughs) I don't I don't think so all right so Deborah Jackson who was 29 years old, was the very first known victim of Franklin. On August the 10th, 1985, her body was discovered. She was dumped in an alleyway after being shot three times in the chest. Henrietta Wright, who was 34 years old at the time, was found dead under a used mattress in August of 1986. Then, the bodies of Mary Lowe, who was 26 years old, Bernita Sparks, who was 23, and Barbara Ware, who was also 26 year old, were found the next year. (laughs) So that's, let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six. In 86 and 87. Now the bodies of Latricia Jefferson, who was just 22, and Alicia Alexander, who was just 18, was discovered later in 1988. Now, all seven women had one thing in common other than the DNA sample that Franklin had left behind. They had been shot with his signature 25 caliber handgun. Each woman's breast contained DNA from the same person, But because DNA technology was still in its inception at the time, the detectives were unable to identify the offender, which I fully understand because science be sciencing. Things happen. But it's like, damn, like, all right. Anyway, so back to Anitria Washington. At that point, she was 30 years old and she was going to her friend's house late one November in 1988. And then a black man 
in an orange Ford Pinto came up next to her. He was like, hey, do you need a ride? She said no. So he continued to press her. And soon after that, after she was like, no, I ain't, dog, I'm not getting in the car with you. He snapped at her and was like, you know what? That's what's wrong with you black women. People are unable to be kind to you. Boop. That's where it is. He's angry with black women. More than likely, he's angry with his mama. Or his grandma if she raised him. So you mad at these women in your family. So you want to take it out on strangers because it's like, I can't unalive my mama, but I can unalive you. Make that make sense, okay? So, unfortunately, at some point, Washington was, she was tired of him doing the most and she was tired of being bothered. So she just went ahead and got in the car. She was like, child, let me just let me get in the car. And then soon as she got in the car, he quickly pulled out a handgun, pointed it to her chest and fired. She was so shocked. She was literally only able to say, why did you do that? And then he responded because she had treated him disrespectfully. Then he brutally raped her, snapped her picture shoved her out the vehicle and left her there to die but of course we know Anitra did not die amazingly she was able to get some help got to the hospital and she was survived she was survived she survived so after being taken to the hospital the police used a sketch artist to help her figure out the attacker's features and to create a composite drawing of the perpetrator the bullet was removed from Washington's chest by medical doctors and it was found that the bullet was shot with the same weapon that had been used to shoot the previous seven women now after that point that's when he went radio silent for 14 years or so it appeared the LA Weekly gave him that name while he wasn't doing anything but that doesn't mean that he wasn't actually doing something. That just means he wasn't doing something around that area. Because, in fact, he was doing something. So, former LA Weekly managing editor Jill Stewart claimed that he was the longest running serial killer in the United States, west of the Mississippi. He had stopped for 13 years after operating for longer than anyone else that was known. Or that's, you know, like I said, that's what appeared. In 2002, the body of Princess Batharamu, who was just 15, was found beaten severely and strangled. But of course, she was not shot. Thankfully, but she definitely was unalive. Then the body of 35-year-old Valerie McCorvey was once again found after similarly being murdered like that in July of 2003. Both victims had been dumped in alleyways in South Central Los Angeles. So while they thought he was giving a grim sleep, he was not. He was still actively out here unaliving people. And his number at this point is nine. 
So back in January of 2007, the 10th victim of the Grim Sleeper was abducted. Her name was Janicia Peters, and she was a 25-year-old mother who was discovered naked inside of a garbage bag in a deserted alleyway. The Grim Sleeper's use of what a 25 caliber handgun suggested that he had reverted back to his old habits. So some DNA samples were taken from Peter's body and they were compared to those from the other women's crime scenes that were found around that area too. Now in this particular case, a pile of evidence was growing, including DNA discovered at each crime scene, the composite sketch from Anitria and the handgun ballistics, all thanks to new technology. Finally, on July 7th of 2010, Lonnie Franklin was taken into custody. Yay, Lonnie. 2010, child, you got away with killing mad people for a long time. The L.A. County District Attorney charged him with 10 counts of murder, one count of attempted murder, and special special circumstance allegations of multiple murders in the case. Detectives had discovered hundreds of photos of unknown women while searching in his residence. Now, we know that he only unalived 10, but they're saying he had hundreds of photos of unknown women while searching in his house. And I'm actually going to post that on my Instagram in my subscriber section. If you subscribe, if you don't, you won't see them. Many of the women were naked. Some of them were wounded and bleeding. Some looked to be dead or just unconscious. They don't really know because they're just photos. Photos of the 10 known victims of the Grim Sleeper, including one of Miss Washington, were also discovered in the collection. So there was 90 pictures of other people. Excuse me. There was 180 pictures because the LAPD came out later and said there was 180 pictures that means 170 people had photos so we don't know what happened to the other 170 people the LAPD tried to identify the victims and most of them they were able to not locate name or identify or any of that now Charlie Beck was the police chief at the time and he said we definitely don't think they're that we're lucky or good enough to know every one of these victims and we're going to need the public's assistance. So they definitely were trying to get help. But as of now, I really don't know exactly where they were with that. So in the end, Lonnie Franklin was sentenced to death for his crimes on August the 10th of 2016. Now, let me pull out my handy dandy calculator 2016 minus 1985 that is 31 years now the average listener of my podcast is around 31 35 so he was killing and unaliving people throughout the duration of the majority of our lives But the Grim Sleeper's depravity will never fully be revealed to us because in 2020, he actually passed away, taking the actual number of victims with him because he never revealed 
how many people he truly unalived. He was 67 years old and he passed away in his cell on March the 28th in San Quentin State Prison. The corrections officer found him unresponsive and trauma-free that night. So I'm guessing that means they don't know what happened. They just found him dead in the cell. I mean, I guess that's like, all right, yay. But it's also like, what? And whole time, I just, I'm looking why he was married to a lady named Sylvia. (laughs) Sylvia, girl, did you know? Sylvia, did you know? Now, what I did come about is there is a list of ladies that they have presumed, suspected, convicted. There's a list of about 17 people in here. And a lot of uh, several bodies were actually never found. So it's kind of like it's like a it's like a like a un untold story because it's like hey we want to know who were the rest of those people in those pictures right like somebody's missing there's 170 people missing all due to Lonnie Franklin but we never going to know who they are now i do have some facts about Lonnie seven full facts about Lonnie let's let's get into that real quick number one he was married like I said and he was a former army corporal now he worked as a LA County trash collector and a gate garage attendant at the LAPD let's pause stop that man was a trash collector and worked in the garage at the LAPD station. LAPD then hired a serial killer and didn't even know it. <laughs> That's not funny, but it really is. And at the time of his arrest, he had been married for 32 years. <laughs> okay. Another point. He was a sexual predator. He was about power and control. So at his murder trial, prosecutors painted him as a sexual predator who killed women who weren't submissive enough. These crimes were about power and control. So the prosecutor, Beth Silverman, in her closing argument said, it is clear that the defendant got pleasure from killing these young women because that's how they all ended up. He definitely wanted to degrade these women by dumping their bodies like trash. He got off on that too. And that's why he did it over and over and over. It gave him sexual gratification. Now I'm looking at a picture of Lonnie Franklin. (laughs) Child. (laughs) Franklin's longtime friend Ray Davis testified in the case and said that Franklin's conquests were a common topic of conversation between them. 
He said Franklin took pictures of women and joked that he had names for all the girls in the photos, depending on what their boobs looked like. <laughs> so not only was you doing this, you told your homeboy, your homeboy knew and didn't say nothing until the trial. And you was naming girls based on what they boobs look like. <laughs> hmm. Now, another point, police believe that he murdered at least six more women. After his arrest, like I said, they found tons of photos and videotapes of women and teenage girls in his garage and his backyard camper. And in 2011, the prosecutors announced that their belief that Franklin allegedly killed at least six more women in addition to the 10 that he was convicted of murdering. Now, here's another interesting fact. DNA basically cracked the case after his son's arrest. His son is the one that got him caught up. He said he was caught up in 2010 through familial DNA testing after his son, Christopher, was arrested for carrying a weapon in the summer of 2009 and had to give up a DNA swab. Once it was determined that Christopher was related to the killer, detectives followed Franklin to a pizza place in Buena Park. And after Franklin finished his pizza, the detective was posing as a busboy collected a fork and some stuff and a piece of pizza left by him did the DNA analysis and it came back to match one of the Franklin's victims <laughs> it's something about that is just like sweet justice your son was out here down bad your son got you caught up because ultimately if his son had never got caught up to be quite honest the Grim Sleeper probably would have got away with it. If you look at all the, the details. Now, they're saying that he also kept souvenirs of all of his victims. Some people are saying that he kept like somebody's school ID card, somebody's license, um, different keychains, things like that. But most serial killers do stuff like that. Which, at the end of the day, I still don't understand why, but they do. And now Lonnie Franklin is somewhere. I'm not guessing he went to the pearly gates. I'm guessing he went the opposite direction. And now he's down there with everybody else. Talking about what he did. What these ladies' boobs look like. How many pictures he had. And comparing himself to everyone else saying, hey, I got away with it for 31 years. Y'all ain't shit. <laughs> Ooh. But I do wonder what that conversation would be like down there with the rest of the serial unalivers. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I ain't going to never figure it out because, baby, I ain't going to be down there. Okay. <laughs> I ain't gonna be there. I ain't gonna figure it out. I'm not worried about it. Not my business. Yeah. 
So at the end of the day, the families, some families did get justice. Some families were able to rest a little bit and have a little bit of peace of mind knowing that the Grim Sleeper, number one, was tried, two, was charged, and three, he died. Even though you are missing a part of your family and a part of your life, there was justice that was served. And in a lot of cases, some people are not that lucky. A lot of people are not that lucky. And it seems like there was 170 people who was not that lucky. The Grim Sleeper. Who knew? Well, thank y'all for tuning in this week. I appreciate y'all every time. Please make sure you're following me on all social media platforms. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at InKillingColor. I would like to talk to you. I also have some things coming up, so please make sure you subscribe to my TikTok page because subscribers get a special gift and they get special preferential treatment because y'all love me. I'll talk to y'all next time. Bye.